Welcome to Tough Questions, where we address the most challenging issues of a real and a relative Christian faith. If you're joining us on Facebook Live or our YouTube channel, Instagram, or maybe the Tough Questions podcast, again, I want to say thanks for dialing in. Now let's get into our subject for this episode. Amen. Again, I want to say thanks for joining me this morning. Thanks for you know, spending, you know, 1130 on a Sunday when you could be doing a whole host of other things. Uh, instead, you're here with me, and I, I greatly appreciate that. So again, thank you. <clears throat> We're still in our series, and the series is based on the book of Habakkuk uh, in the Old Testament. It's a very short book, and I'll encourage you, if you haven't read it, go ahead and read the book of Habakkuk. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes to read the whole book, Uh, and it's quite a story, uh, quite an interesting perspective on what God is doing in the world. You know, everybody goes through situations in life, don't we, where we are challenged by certain things, and uh, we, we have a day like no other day sometimes. You know, it's one of those days that, you know, it feels like something's trying to defeat us, feels like everything we're doing is just going wrong, and no matter what I do, I, I just can't get ahead of it. Well, it might be the doctor that says, you know, there's nothing more we can do. Or maybe it's a lawyer that comes and sends you a note or calls you and says, you know, everything is done. It's, it's, it's ended. There's no more that you can do. Or maybe you see a, a nurse that comes out to the waiting room and she's got tears in her eyes and you know that this is going to be a very difficult day. You know, it's it's so easy to get frustrated and overwhelmed in this world. But it's also easy to begin to become frustrated with the things that God calls us to do. You know, in, in all of our relationships with God, you know, God has a, a, a responsibility, he has a purpose for each one of us to hold on to and to do for, for his glory and for the coming kingdom. He, he calls each one of us to be a participant in that. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> we join Habakkuk in the middle of this, this story. We, we join him in this book in the middle of his own crisis of faith. Habakkuk didn't know what the future might hold for him. He was quite worried and upset, and he he wanted to understand. He really did. And understandably, uh, it's, well, just a side note, his name in Hebrew actually means to embrace. And Habakkuk was trying to embrace the will of God, and he wanted to embrace it so that he would be a part of it and would understand it. But, you know, a lot of times that's just not the plan. Here Habakkuk begins by reporting um, in Scripture what he saw in the world. He was carrying this great deal of anxiety over the culture, and, and, but by his faith in God, he's asking for answers, and he's asking for God to make sense out of it. He's asking for God to, to strengthen his faith, so that, his faith so that he can understand it. You know, have you ever been faced with some extreme difficulties or anxieties in your life and asked God to provide some sort of answer, some sort of peace? 
Well, that's again exactly what Habakkuk did with God. And because Habakkuk was a was a righteous man, God responded to him. God agreed to meet with him. God talked to him and revealed to him some of what the future was going to hold in the midst of all of his fears. You know, in this story, there's, there's basically four people that we're going to look at. First, there's God. Second, there is Habakkuk himself, who is a, a, guy, he's a godly man, and he has a few righteous followers, too. Third, there are what I call rebellious believers. These are people that believe and trust in God and, and have some kind of a relationship with God, but they don't always follow God. They don't always remain obedient to God. They, they look at things and they can accept them if they make sense, but if, if something doesn't make sense, then they let it go, you know, and they, they end up not following. They end up sinning against God. And, you know, there are people that want to believe and want to be there. They want to be known as faithful, but it's difficult sometimes. It's just so difficult. You know, it's interesting also that during this particular time in the nation of Israel, you know, they were so bad off, so this wickedness had come into, into their camp so heavily that God not only raised up the, the prophet Habakkuk, but he also raised up a few others during the same season to repeat or to uh, preach repentance to them. Nahum, Zephaniah, Jeremiah, all of these people and others were raised up to tell the people of God, you got to trust in God even when it doesn't make sense. Now, the fourth set of people in this particular story are the ungodly believers. These are the people that were kind of ruthless and heartless and self-centered, and they were just enemies of God's people. So in the midst of all of his anxieties, Habakkuk takes his frustrations to God. And he says, you know, the good guys are, are acting as bad as the, the bad guys. And sometimes that can be so frustrating. Sometimes the godliest people that we know are also some of the most frustrated people we know because they're trying their best to live by the word of God and they're trying their best to understand and to do the things that God wants them to do. But it just is not easy because it doesn't make any sense. So here on the screen, you see it, and with a bit of a ramp, or a rant, here Habakkuk starts off in chapter 1, and this is what he says. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice ends up going forth perverted. You know, times have changed, but basically people have not. Today the world gives us, I think, plenty of reasons to, to find despair in our life. We see people at odds, people ranting and raving over social media. You know, there's all kinds of things out there that, 
that are just going haywire, and, and we wonder sometimes why it is that God lets these things happen. Well, today we're going to ask God the same two questions that Habakkuk asked in, in his discourse with God. First question, how long are you going to put up with this? How long are you going to put up with the sinfulness that exists in the world? And the second question, when is this party going to get started? When is the kingdom of God going to be established and reign in the world and put all of this wickedness, all of this stuff behind us? When is this going to happen? It's interesting to note that the scriptures, these, these two questions are asked all the way through the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I would encourage you to make that part of your daily time with God is reading the scripture and just searching out for those questions. Questions like, why does an all-powerful, all-knowing God put up with so much rebellion? Why does God not fix the things that only he can fix? Why does God let grand, you know, godly grandmas die in poverty? Why does God let cancer run wild? And yet we see the drug dealers and other criminals, you know, that are, that are living the life. Habakkuk, in his book, is sharing with us his righteous anger. Righteous anger is good. Righteous anger is something that, that sees sin and he sees unrighteousness, and it holds that accountable according to the standards of God. And Habakkuk here was quite frustrated because the righteousness of God was not being adhered to you know, in the nation of Israel. These are, these are people that were supposed to be God's people. They're supposed to look different. Well, you know, because of Habakkuk's close relationship with God, because of his heart that wanted to, wanted to honor God in all the ways that it could, God ends up answering Habakkuk. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, I've prayed and asked God questions lots of times, I've never heard an answer. He's never called me up or sent me an email or anything of that nature. But in this particular book, we read about how God answers Habakkuk. But the answer wasn't exactly what he was expecting. So it starts off this way, and it says this is the answer of God to Habakkuk. And it says, Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter, hasty nation who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome, and their justice and dignity goes forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar, and they fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. They, at kings they scoff, at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress, for they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep like the wind, and they go on, guilty men whose own might is their God. You see, that's the key. These wicked people that he's describing here are people that 
that don't look to to God for, you know, answers. Don't look to God for salvation. Don't look to God for reasoning and justice and all those things. They're their own gods. You know, sometimes we wish that God would just send us a clear picture of what's going on. Well, God sends this, this answer to Habakkuk. And again, it wasn't what he wanted to hear. He didn't want to hear that God's plan was to use the most ungodly, powerful, ruthless, cruel, and unjust military power to discipline the people that were supposed to be his children, the nation of Israel. Habakkuk really didn't understand that and really didn't want to see that God or, or to or to accept the fact that God was going to use this wicked nation to bring justice and repentance back into the nation of Israel. You know, things for Habakkuk were going to go from bad to very bad. Counselors call this complex grief, and that's that's when one negative aspect of life that gets you down gets piled on by other negative aspects of life. And they just keep, you know, piling on and keep sending you deeper and deeper, you know, into that pit almost. Well, overcoming the situation will require tremendous faith that God is good, in charge, and that he knows what he's doing. You see, this is what's going to be required of Habakkuk, to accept what God is telling him that he's doing in the nation. Habakkuk's got to understand that God knows what he's doing, that God's plans for all of humanity are good. And that God knows what he's doing. He's, he's got it all laid out. Everything's been ordained from the beginning of time that these things need to take place in order to bring people to repentance. You know, I want to look at some aspects of faith today because that's, that's the basis of what Habakkuk was, was wrestling with. He was a godly man and he had faith in God, but he just didn't quite understand um, that Things don't always make sense. The book of Habakkuk, as well as the Bible, uh, is really based on this, this phrase out of the book of Habakkuk. And the phrase is, the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Remember, faith is not knowing or agreeing with or, you know, comprehending completely. All this stuff. Faith is is understanding that we need to live and trust in what God is doing and what God is allowing. That's faith. Faith is not really getting what we want, but it is accepting what God is doing in our life and in the world. You know, sometimes we, we think we know what's needed, so we get frustrated because it seems like God is unwilling to do the things that we want or the things that we deem as necessary. But true faith, true faith, believes that we must trust in God even when we don't understand or agree with what he's doing. Faith is, is our combating our frustrations by bringing our frustrations to God. You know, when we, when we get frustrated with God, we can, we can give up on our relationship with him. Uh, we can grow bitter against God. We can rant about God to others and what he's not doing. 
we can even find some clever theological ways to change God's word into a more suitable version if we wanted to. And that happens today all the time. But faith, faith brings our real frustrations to God, seeking that relationship of faith and trust based on that trust, even if we don't even see a resolution to the problem. That's what faith is. Faith is having questions for God rather than accusations. Have you ever had someone rush to a judgment about you that was simply wrong? In this person's mind, the case was already tried. The guilty verdict was already rendered. And all that was left was to sentence you. However, the person didn't know all the facts. They never bothered to ask questions. And as a result, they ended up coming to the wrong conclusions. Again, this happens all the time when it comes to the way we judge other people as well as the way we judge God. It happens all the time. Faith sees the difference between hurt and harm. This is what I really want you to, to kind of chew on this week, is that faith in God sees the difference between hurt and harm. Sometimes we think that, you know, because we, you know, we're, we believe in God and we believe that we're being good, that, you know, because I believe in God and trust in him, that I'll never hurt. Well, there's a dip big difference between the hurt and the harm aspect sometimes God allows a bit of hurt in order to prevent a lot of harm sometimes we have to hurt in order to to change and to be motivated to do something different that God knows in the in the long run if we didn't will hurt us you know sometimes we just got to trust in what God is doing and what God is saying and what God's very nature is you know, I've, I've been stressing uh, for quite some time now that, you know, one of the problems that a lot of Christians have is they've never read the Bible. Oh, yeah, they've heard the stories. They've heard the passages, you know, from Sunday to Sunday and all that. But to actually read the book and then to study, you know, the different chapters, study the different sections about why they were written, why they were included in scriptures. What was, what was the real meaning behind it? What was the context of the day when it was written? These are all things that I encourage people to do because there's so much there to understand. So again, I want to thank you for being here with me today. I want you to think about this, this aspect of faith throughout the week and, and what it means to trust in God, even though he doesn't make sense sometimes. So again, thanks for joining me, and we'll see you next week. God bless. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church, where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live, Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining and don't forget to like and share. God bless.